Welcome to episode 185 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. All right, here we are, episode 185, uh, and we have a guest today, and we're talking about some big business mistakes. And by that, I don't mean big business mistakes we're making. I mean mistakes big businesses are making uh, and how we can learn from them because we're going to have some stuff that really is things that we need to improve on every day uh, so that our businesses can be running better. So we've got Christy Ellington over on the show today. Uh, She's got some really great insights. For links to everything she mentions and to get in touch with her directly, be sure to check out the show notes at thestaceyharris.com slash episode 185. Um, It's a good good episode. You're really going to enjoy it. Uh, Before we dive into that, I do want to formally announce here on the podcast, hit the mic backstage. Uh, So I announced this on yesterday's webinar. Uh, the social media tool face-off, which if you still want to get the replay, will be up for another 24 hours, so you can grab that there. But if you don't have a chance to grab it there and you would still like to have access to that webinar, Hit the Mic Backstage is the way to do that. So what Hit the Mic Backstage is, is it's a monthly membership and all of my trainings will be in there. Uh, we've got about $2,000 worth of trainings in there right now. Uh, it actually officially opens up the doors on the 19th. Uh, and for everyone who grabs access before the 19th, they're going to be getting a killer early bird offer. So head over to, ready, ready? Hit the mic backstage.com uh, and find out how to get your membership access. In addition to the backlog of memberships that's going to go in there, the $2,000 of the members, or I'm sorry, trainings that's going in there, uh, there'll be two new trainings every month, uh, one of which will be exclusive for the backstage community, uh, as well as a private Facebook group. And I will be in there once per week uh, for three hours doing an office hours. So you'll be able to ask me anything you want. Uh, and of course, moving forward, this is going to, to to be the way to get to connect with me directly is through that community. Um, this is where a lot of my energy and a lot of my focus is going to be going uh, day in and day out since I will no longer be taking on private clients. So hit the mic backstage.com uh, right now, $9 a month. Uh, $99 a year, but again, early birds get a killer price on that uh, uh, early bird opportunity. Uh, so check that out because the annual price right now for early birds, $50 a year, and that is for the lifetime of your membership. So it's crazy awesome. I'm really, really, I'm really excited about this and I'm excited to bring it to you guys. So check that out. Hit the mic backstage.com. Uh, and with that, let's jump in and talk to Christy. All right, guys, welcome to the show. I've got Christy with me now. And as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about some business mistakes you can learn from uh, the big businesses. And in my opinion, all types of businesses make all over again uh, or all the time. I know I have made at one point or another all of the mistakes that Christy sent me (laughs) to talk about. Um, And we're only going to talk about three of them today. So just know in advance, we're all guilty. Um, So welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I love that we're going to talk about mistakes because I feel like if somebody else made them, I don't have to. Exactly. Which is why working with coaches and things like that is so valuable. Yeah, it saves you a lot of time uh, in the process of, of building your business because that's exactly the point. Like you're learning from from all of the other things not to do and you can just go straight to the th- the right thing to do. Exactly. Awesome. So before we jump into our three 
uh, that we're going to touch on today. How about we take a second and you introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Thank you. I'm uh, Christy Ellington. Uh, I write for launchladies.com, but I've worked with uh, large brands uh, on the brand side, but also on the content production side for the past four years. I've been a professional blogger for eight. Um, so I have a pretty good well-rounded experience with with blogging and working with businesses and growing audiences and monetizing blogs. Um, so my my specialty is is definitely content and sponsored posts right now, and that's what I do at Launch Ladies is teach uh, female bloggers how to turn their blogs into a business and generate income from sponsored posts. Um, but in working with these large brands, I've seen a lot of mistakes that they're making, and and feel like it's a really great lesson for even you know small growing blogs and bloggers and small businesses to learn uh, from those mistakes. I love that. Not a lot of people know this, but before I started my first official business uh, several years ago, I was a blogger and I did a lot of sponsored content um, working with large brands and uh, technology brands and stuff like that. So it's definitely an interesting, you do learn a lot about how businesses work sort of from the backside. Definitely. Yeah. Because you see how they interact from a sort of marketing team perspective. Yeah, it gives you just such a great overview of, you know, if your goal is to make money from sponsored posts, it does give you a really great insight into what they're looking for, uh, corners you can cut or like shortcuts you can take to, to get straight to the heart of what they want to see. So it is a really great educational experience if, you know, for me, but also now for all of my readers. Yeah. And from a sort of front end perspective, you see one and one sort of image. And then from a back end, you see a whole other image. Um, and I think as business owners, that's a really great lesson because we need to be aware of sort of how that brand looks and, and is representing itself from all sides. Um, so true. <laughs> because the blogger community is large, but chatty. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so let's jump in on these uh, lessons because I think this first one that we're going to talk about is really, um, is is good to know for any side of the audience, but it is something you see uh, from a big business perspective, a lot more on the back end where they're just sort of pitching themselves everywhere. Um, so what's our first thing? Yeah, the first lesson uh, or mistake and lesson that you can learn is um, from big businesses is just know who you're talking to or know who you're speaking to, know who your audience is. And I think this is this issue just runs rampant in you know businesses of every size. And I've seen a lot of large corporations spending millions and millions of dollars on marketing and ad campaigns that sort of don't really touch on any any one particular group or target. It's they're so giant and they're so all inclusive that they're trying so hard to reach everyone that they're actually reaching no one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that most of your growth problems can ladder back up to this problem is not knowing who your audience really is. Um, and like you know, for contrast, for some of these mistakes that big businesses are making, like one of the big companies I think is doing a really great job of reaching an audience is Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen Mountain Dew's website is called Green Label, um, but they're very hyper-focused on speaking to who they know is buying their product, which is millennial males. <laughs> yep. And they've created this experience for them online that talks about, you know, art and skating and, and music. And it's just everything that their their audience identifies with. And they've created that that sort of platform for them. And they're not not trying to reach anyone else. They're not really worried about, you know, reaching you know, moms <laughs> uh, or females in in that regard. It's just they're they're hyper focused on the people who really identify and really love their product, and that's how they're getting such a great uh, return 
uh, and making more strides in, in the marketplace by well, focusing think- on that. I think you're right. And I think one of the interesting things to mention is, is that doesn't mean that women or older men or any of those people that they're not reaching out to directly aren't buying their products. Yeah, true. You know, I, the one that comes to mind for me always is Apple. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. When, you, when you think about several years ago, the iPod rollout and how they rolled that iPod out um, to, I mean, remember the commercials with like the dancing people and the bright mm-hmm. colors, like it was very much so targeting young people. But there were not just young people that bought iPods. You know, even now it tends it tends to be a brand that markets a younger demographic, markets to a younger demographic, a more creative demographic. But that's not the only people you see in the Apple Store, right? So I think you know the biggest resistance I hear from clients, and I'm sure you hear it too, of this not knowing who your audience is or you know knowing who you're talking to is. Well, I want to I want to sell to everyone. I don't you know I I can't make enough money just selling to this one tiny group of you know people what am i going to do and it's like those won't be the only people that buy though it's just who you're talking to yeah and i think that uh you know the one thing to remember is um 100 passionate customers is far more valuable than 10,000 passive customers who you know aren't necessarily identifying or listening to what you say because those 100 people they are really focused in and that are super engaged with you and that are really paying attention to what you're saying and commenting or, you know, buying your products. So the people who are actually going to be your repeat customers or come back or, or even just buy the first thing that you put out there, if, you know, if you're putting out an info product, those 100 people that are super engaged with you are going to be the ones that buy it, not the 10,000 general people who sort of kind of relate to a little bit of what you're saying, but not really. Well, and I think you make a really great point there when hitting on the repeat business factor, you know, taking it back to Mountain Dew, they're not looking for somebody to buy one soda. They're looking for Mountain Dew to be your go-to beverage with Apple. They weren't looking for somebody to buy one iPod. Right. You know, I'm super an Apple person. I'm currently looking at an iMac. My iPhone is sitting next to me. My MacBook is next to me as well. My iPad (laughs) is in the other room. My Apple Watch is sadly still at the store. But but you know what I mean? they didn't hook me so like okay i bought a one thousand dollar computer or whatever instead i've spent way more than that on devices year after year the the new iphone will come out and guess who will upgrade for six plus to something else this girl right um and so i think that's a really important part is building that relationship so it is long term yeah and i think it is a halo effect like if we're talking about mountain dew again it's like they are targeting the millennial male but when your son continues to request that you, like when you're at the store, you're getting mm-hmm. Mountain Dew, eventually your mom's going to try it and your dad's going to try it, your sister's going to try it. And then all of a sudden the entire family is drinking Mountain Dew. So it's like, it is a halo effect. The the more targeted you are and the more people continue to like see your name out there, the more, you know, you can reach more people. It's just that having a very unified and and pinpointed target is is definitely a place to start so that you can go, I think it's John Lee Dumas or someone that says, you know, two inches wide, but one mile deep. And then from there, it will halo outwards. Well, and, you know, the, the millennial male doesn't stay a young guy forever, but he keeps drinking the Mountain Dew, keeps even though yep. Mountain Dew is still targeting to a demographic that, you know, I know guys who started drinking Mountain Dew 20 years ago <laughs> or whatever that still drink Mountain Dew, and they're not necessarily the target for Mountain Dew anymore, but they're not going to stop drinking Mountain Dew. It's exactly how Apple does it. They get you hooked when you're a kid, and then you grow up with it. It's, it's true. Yep. You've got me. I know. <laughs> Dang it. Anyways, but yeah, so I, I think that's really important. So let's let's step into our next one now. Um, what what is our second sort of lesson we can learn from the mistakes big business are making? 
Uh, I think a, another really huge one is broken processes or uh, wasting time. Um, so from my experience with working with these big companies, um, a lot of big brands have a lot of meetings and it wastes a ton of time. And my biggest pet peeve is finding on my calendar a meeting to prepare for a meeting. And it's just this culture of meetings or you know, wasting time or getting approvals and and just spending so much time thinking about something and not actually doing something just sends, it's a time suck. Um, so I think that, you know, if, if you can follow through and make a decision and actually uh, have a process to complete that decision uh, is going to be the fastest way for you to actually get from point A to point B. So if whether that's, you know, um, deciding to create an editorial calendar or, you know, deciding on a, a launch schedule for your next like five products and then actually reverse engineering that and getting point by point by point exactly what you need to do to get to that launch date is going to, it's going to help you save time because you know exactly what you need to do and you're not running around trying to figure out what to do next. Well, and I, I, I'm hugely against wasting time. I'm big proponent. And you, if you've listened to this show ever before, you've probably heard me say this. I can make more money. I don't have a problem wasting money. I do yeah. have a problem wasting time because I literally can't make more of it. Like it, there's a, a finite amount. It's so true. And so yeah. for me, it's the most valuable resource. And I didn't start my business to spend 27 hours a day in my business. Uh, I built it to have freedom and flexibility. And so if I'm not doing that because I'm wasting a lot of time reinventing the wheel, that's a big fail. It's a big um, problem. <laughs> so, yeah. And time is money. So it's like when you are wasting time, you're actually wasting a lot of money too. Yeah. So I think that's so huge. And I, I agree. I, I don't like meetings about we need to plan what we're going to talk about at such and such. Yeah. <laughs> How about we just talk about such and such? Yeah, or or just in at least if you you know if you're if you're a small business and you have you know multiple people on your team, emailing around an agenda ahead of time rather than sitting and talking about your agenda and then actually getting into it. It's just very small tweaks that you can make to your schedule to maximize the time that you're spending. If you absolutely do need to meet with someone, um, making it a very clear path and and making sure that you have a goal that you want to reach by the end of that meeting rather than just coming into uh, you know a conference call and just sort of figuring out as you go along. And with, I think with processes and systems, you know, we think a lot about meetings and, and things like that, but I, I don't think we think about um, the stuff we can automate. And, you know, my friend Brandy Lawson over at TechGirl, who we've had on the show, she talks a lot about automation and not just the marketing automation, but the stuff you can just automate inside your business, like your Google Analytics sending you your report so you can check in on your website stuff. Your, you know, for me, my first automation piece that was an absolute game changer was a scheduling tool, like a calendar. I just send somebody a link and they book. Yeah. Um, I use that with my clients. I use that with my podcast. I use that with everything. If you want to book time with me, I'm literally going to send you a link. We're not going to spend two days going back and forth an email. Right. Um, so we're living that's in that's a really important system to think about. Totally. We're living in the golden age of technology right now where almost anything can be automated and you can buy anything from your smartphone and have it delivered. You can, there's so many ways for you to save time and just outsource all of your tasks. And I hear a lot of small business owners talking about virtual assistants these days and how, uh, how it's actually saving them money because they're not wasting their valuable time mm -hmm. on doing small menial tasks and they're just hiring someone else to actually do those and it's saving them time and saving them money in the long run. And, and, you know, I, I try and take that a step further. You know, I, I remember when I first started a lot of people talking about, you know, give those, give those tasks that don't make money to your VA so that you can focus on making money. I'd rather give those tasks to an automation tool so that my VA can make money too. 
Yeah, that's so great. That's a great way to think about it. Like, I I would like all of the people I'm paying to be working towards money-making things. Anything else can be automated. I can use a cal- I don't need a VA to book appointments for me. I can so use true. a calendar tool for that. My VA can instead schedule my social, you know, proofread, edit my content, whatever. Um, you know, so for me, I pick tools over people. For true. T- we're, for tasks where I'm not seeing a direct ROI. But I, I totally agree. Bringing in whatever system works for you. If that's a person, great. Make it a person. Um, but you've got you've to gotta find ways to maximize your time. Yeah, and I think that um, you know the, the tools that you're talking about are definitely uh, the place to start because there's a lot of small business owners out there who don't have the money mm-hmm. yet for to hire someone. So you know the tools that, I, that we're talking about is probably something like Hootsuite or the new one going around is Edgar or like, you know, all of these different social media automating uh, tools that can, that are relatively inexpensive, if not free, mm-hmm. um, in some cases that can totally take that over for you and, and yeah, be able to free up your time to make more money <laughs> and your VA to make money too. Exactly. And, you know, on the topic of social media tools, stay tuned guys, because this month there's going to be a webinar all around choosing the right one for you. Um, where I'm going to dive into all of the different social media tools that are sort of being talked about out there in the the entrepreneur space uh, so you guys can pick the right one. Because they do come in a range of price ranges. Same thing with calendar tools and your email tools and all of those things. You know, don't you just start with whatever works for you. That's going to be really helpful. (laughs) I'm going to attend that one, actually. Okay. (laughs) There'll be a link in the show notes for this episode. Um, which means I should probably put the page up. So, <laughs> so let's let's before we wrap up, let's touch on the the last sort of mistake we want to talk about today uh, that we can learn from and do better. Yeah, I think this one actually might be the second biggest mistake after not knowing your audience, and it's uh, not being agile enough to pivot or make changes on the fly. Um, and I think this really does ladder back up to the point that you know you're wasting time uh, mm-hmm. and therefore wasting money. Uh, I've seen so many huge brands doing things because quote that's just the way they've been done for years or that's just how we do it without actually asking why they're doing it that way Mm -hmm. um so if something isn't working for you or you're not getting the results you want stop doing it (laughs) and i think that the biggest challenge and i think that you you know some people want to wait to see if it's a result but you can see results when you're dealing with online content or online marketing or or different strategies that you're testing out you can see results almost immediately thanks to like you know the analytics that that you get back in in a lot of these programs mm-hmm. you don't have to wait a whole month to reassess what you're doing in order to pivot that because if it's not working in a week it's probably not going to work in a in a month so just a i'm a huge fan of ab testing or a b c and d testing Throwing things out there, seeing if they work. If they don't work, just tweak it slightly. But being able to uh, free yourself or, or just allow yourself to test things on a on a faster turnaround or a faster basis, so that you can actually get to that winning result or that success a lot faster. Well, I think you kind of ran by one of the most important things there, which is being able to see and make changes that are small tweaks. Yeah. You don't have, like, if the launch isn't going great a weekend, okay, don't stop launching. Yeah, just like, tweak it. Tweak the marketing. Like, oh, yeah. well, maybe I need to send one extra email, or maybe I need to adjust the time I'm sending it and see if a later time in the day, or if Tuesday works better than Monday, or whatever. They can be such small changes that can have monumental impact. Yeah, and ask for feedback. You know, if you're doing a launch and you're, you know, email subscribers aren't responding, ask them why. You know, just ask the question, figure out what it is that's that's wrong with you know either your 
your marketing approach or the content itself and just figure it out uh, and change it. Yeah, you're exactly right. You don't have to stop what you're doing. You just, you know, you're, you don't have to stop what you're doing in that sense, but, you know, just tweak it, small changes along the way to, to make it more successful. Absolutely. And and I, I agree with, you know, there are so many analytics tools out there from your Google analytics to, you know, inside of lead pages, there's analytics. All of your social tools are going to have analytics tools in them. Heck, your networks themselves, if you don't use a tool, Facebook will give you analytics, Twitter will yeah. give you analytics. Um, you can get these numbers everywhere, but you have to utilize them. You have to know, A, you have to know what they were before you launched. Right. <laughs> so that you have something to compare them to, which is a, a, a step people skip and it, it baffles me. They're like, I don't know if this is working. And you're like, well, what was it before you did it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's going to be hard to tell if it worked then. Um, that's a whole other rant. But yeah, I, I, everything is giving you these analytics. Everything is giving you these numbers. Um, so, so utilize them. This is a, a ton of valuable information that you guys can do massive, massive things with. And I agree with that. Sometimes it can be the smallest change. I know for me with launches specifically, I always try to have one call scheduled in where it's a, ask me about the program because those are what fuels my Q and A or frequently asked questions at the bottom of a sales page because people will ask them. Yeah. And that, I mean, for me, that's actually informing the product that I'm building now is mm-hmm. the questions that, that I'm getting back from, you know, our Facebook group or, or the email list or the, you know, blog comments and, and it's Q and A and feedback from your actual readers or your audience is so incredibly valuable. And and I find that a lot of people don't utilize that and don't ask the questions um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, maybe they're just scared or embarrassed or fearful that, you know, they might not like the answer, but it's the quickest way for you to actually get uh a clear picture of what they need and what they want. Well, and the power, you know, honestly, I do this to the point of like, this is how I build content. That's how, that's how I choose guests to go on the show. I, this is how I choose what I talk about on the show or hit the mic TV or what I do webinars about because I'll do a Q and a in the group or lately I'll do a Q and a on Periscope and ask me anything kind of thing. And you'll see me writing stuff down if I'm mm-hmm. on Periscope because I'm totally building an editorial calendar while you guys ask me questions yeah just full transparency you know it's what you get here yep. because i want to <laughs> give you the answers to the questions you guys want to know uh and from a product development you know we've got a lot of cool things coming up in the last last half of this year well one really major well two really major cool things um and they're built off of questions you guys have asked me things you have asked me for that way i know that it's what you guys actually want yep it's better to have content for people that actually that what they actually want than what you think they want. So, <laughs> well, and for me, I, I like doing it off of you know the VIP community and the periscopes because I don't want to build you know content for people who who have no interest in being a part of the community. If you're already in the community, I want more people like you. So I'm going to yeah. build content for you. Exactly. Absolutely, and I I agree. It's it's funny, and I, as we wrap up, I think this is worth mentioning how much all of this stuff really ties to that first piece of not knowing who your audience is. Because exactly. it's really hard to build processes and use your time efficiently when you're running around trying to talk to everybody. Yep, That's it's a big problem. Yeah. It's really hard to make changes when you don't know who you're talking to because it's well, what do I change? Exactly. So if you can do that first one. Please do the first one and do it over and over again. I just redid it. I am, I'm planning 2016 right now and 2017. Um, because as much as I'm all going to send, I'm, I'm totally going to be one of those people sending you an email in September, October, November saying now is the time to plan. Really now is the time to plan in July. Um, 
as much as that's true. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to play the game, though. You guys are going to get those emails. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> podcasts are already planned. Um, that's, I got to have to commend you, though, for going as far as 2017. That's pretty amazing. Round well, of applause. Well, it's not a firm plan. In full <laughs> transparency, it's like, well, what does this lead to then? But the fact that you're thinking about it, that's really great because I find that a lot of small businesses and bloggers especially don't plan, you know, may not even plan into the next week. So uh, the fact that you're thinking, you know, long term is is amazing because that's really what's going to set you up uh, to actually get somewhere. You know, you're not just blogging for the sake of blogging or, you know, marketing for the sake of marketing. You're actually working towards a goal. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like if I don't know where I'm going, like if I don't know why I'm doing something, I tend not to do it. Yeah. Like, I just know myself. This is something that's true about me. So I have to kind of know where the road goes and how does this build on that. And and things are changing a lot in the next year. As, as you guys know, one-on-ones are going away next year. And so the the model I work in is changing. So I have to I have to lay that out. But now it's definitely not a plan. And, and so I sat down, the reason I told you all this, I sat down and completely reevaluated who my ideal client was. Mm-hmm. I went through that whole exercise again um for both of the of the of the things that i'm going to be rolling out i rebuilt for the rockstar guide to periscope i built an ideal client for that rockstar guide so this is not something you're going to sort of set and forget yeah it definitely evolves because you evolve so your audience evolves with you and the and the different parts of inside your program you know right now i still offer one-on-one the person who buys the rockstar guide to periscope is different than a person who buys bam my 90-day one-on-one consulting um they have a lot of things in common because they have the same attraction points to, you know, my brand. But their specific needs are going to be different. Yep. And so think about it in that context. And so I feel like this episode quickly turned into, like, why you have to know who you're talking to. But it's it's a very important piece of, it's of starting a business. So, yeah. It's huge. Awesome. All right. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing this up with us. Thank you. Um, I think there were a lot of really great takeaways. My challenge to you guys is for you to take action on this stuff now. Look at your systems. Look at your ideal client. Look at what tweaks you can make in your business right now. You know, yes, I'm making a plan for 2016 and 2017. That does not mean that by the time 2017 rolls around, it's going to be exactly the same. It's in pencil for a reason. <laughs> As is my editorial calendar, even for next week. Because, you know, I didn't plan on when I planned my editorial calendar, I did not plan on Periscope being a thing. But oh, there's up so periscope fast. content. <laughs> so editorial calendar, pencil. Um, but yeah, so let us know how can we get in touch with you? How can people learn more from you and uh, and connect with you directly, Christy? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I can be found at launchladies.com and, and we're covering everything from monetizing your blog to working with brands. Uh, so you'll get a lot more of these sort of big business lessons and mistakes uh, because that's what I do is I work with them. Uh, and I also have a Facebook group. Uh, it's a private group. It's uh, Launch Ladies, uh, same name. And uh, yeah, you can find me there uh, on the blog or on Twitter at, um, at my personal one is KK Ellington or launchladies.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.